I want to talk to you tonight about walking and living by faith. I just, I just really want to encourage you in the word tonight in this arena. It is so important. Let's go to Romans chapter 1 and let's jump off right here. Romans chapter 1. We're going to look at what the Word of God says. Now remember, every scripture that we go through tonight is yours. It's not subject to debate, it's truth. Now you could choose not to believe it and you won't walk in it, but don't choose not to believe it because it's yours, right? Now it's not your job to perform it, he does that. It's just your job to believe it. Believe it and declare it, right? So it says in Romans chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 16. Paul wrote this to Roman Christians, but don't make no mistake, Paul is not the author. This is Holy Spirit breathed. The Holy Spirit is the author of this book. He's the author of the whole Word of God. Penned by many people, authored by one. And although it was penned by many people, it's not called the words of God. It's called the word of God. It has a single message, and that message is Jesus. So it says here, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel. That word literally means a message that seems or that is too good to be true. This message is... You could sit here and some of the things we teach and, oh, that's just too good to be true. Yeah, it's called the gospel, right? The gospel of Christ. For it, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In the time of this writing, the Greek would be everyone in the world who's not a Jew, okay? The Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, for therein, therein where? Therein in the gospel of Christ, right, is the righteousness of God revealed. How is it revealed? From faith to faith. The righteousness of Almighty God will be revealed to you and all those around you from faith to faith. From the time you believed through faith and got saved to faith, every moment of every day of your life, you are going to, that gospel of Christ, you're going to show it, you're going to show everyone starting with you the righteousness of God and what that means. See, you sit here and go, wow, so the righteousness of Almighty God's going to manifest. Yes. It's going to manifest in your behavior and in your life because you have been made the very righteousness of Almighty God. And it's, although a person's made the very righteousness of God when they get saved, now God wants them to come to the knowledge of the truth so that that righteousness of Almighty God that is in you, that's who you are, your spirit man, can be shown on the outside. And it's shown as you walk by faith. It's revealed from faith to faith as it is written. Now he's going to quote Habakkuk 2.4. The just shall live by faith. So now I want to read this in the Amplified Classic Version. 
Because this brings out some of the Greek wording that is so good. It says, for in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith, now here's the Greek, and leading to faith. See, when you walk by faith, as you walk by faith, one faith moment leads to another, to another, to another. And here's the thing. Sometimes you might be really strong in the area of believing God for healing. But maybe that financial thing, you just are not laying hold of it. As you walk by faith in one area, it will help you. It will literally lead you to walk by faith in every area. Isn't that good? From faith and leading to faith, disclose through the way of faith that arouses to more faith. When a person walks by sight, they are not being stirred and aroused to walk by faith. But if you are in your current situation, and if you'll apply the word of God and, and walk in this area by faith, it will stir you and lead you to walking by faith in every area. See, sometimes people wonder, why am I struggling so much? It's because you're walking by sight. So it says here, as it is written, now look at this, as it is written, the man who through faith is just, that word just means declared righteous. How did you and I get to be the righteousness of Almighty God? It wasn't by our behavior. It wasn't because we earned it. We could never deserve it. It was through faith. We simply believed that what God did through Christ, we believed it was true. Okay? So it says here, the, as it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live. This is so important. This verse really brings out the Greek. He shall live and live by faith. The man who through faith is just or has been born again and upright, he shall live and he'll live by faith. You got to put both in there. In other words, because you're born again, it enables and equips you to walk every moment of every day in every arena of your life by faith. Isn't that amazing? That's the word of God. Boy, there's so much, there's so much revelation in that verse, it's amazing. So now go to Galatians chapter 3. So we see here in Romans chapter 1, and we're going to go to Galatians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 10. But we see in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, we see that it says, the just shall live by faith. It's in the commanded tense. This is God saying, if you're born again, you'll live by faith. If a person's not living by faith, you know what? I'm going to minister to them like they're not born again until I see that they are. 
uh, and, and maybe they're just being carnal, they're just being ruled by their flesh, then we're going to give them the word of God in the love of God and encourage them so that they can make that switch because all of us as children of God are made. We're made to live by faith. We're made, first of all, to live. Jesus came, John 10, 10, to give you and I life. And that more abundantly. That's the life of God. Those who have been justified through faith will live. You're alive tonight. You're not dead. If you're dead tonight because you have never given your heart to Christ so that he could come in and make you brand new, you'll have an opportunity to do that. And you could do it like all of us. We start this walk with him. No turning back. Amen? And man, he'll take you places that you've never dreamed possible. Well, then number two, we see in Habakkuk 2.4, it says the just shall live by faith. Now remember the Bible principle, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. That's two. Now look at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written... Cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So in the Old Testament, God gave the law. The law, the Bible says, is impossible to keep. All of these 630 different parts, if you messed up in one thing, you were guilty of the whole law, the law was not built so that you could be made perfect. It was built to show you that you could never be good enough to be accepted by God. Your behavior, look at this, I'm not ashamed, or I'm sorry, for as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone that continues not in all the things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Wow, the Bible is saying, if you're trying to be good enough, you're cursed, because you could never do it. It was meant to lead us to a place in our life where, man, all of us have come, if we know Christ, where it's like, you know what? I, I can't do this. I need a Savior. Amen. Right? The problem is not sin. The problem's not sin. The problem is spiritual death. All the sin in the world is an outward manifestation of the spiritual death. Right? That's why a person must be born again. That's how come Jesus didn't say, I'm one way to God. No. I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man can come to the Father because, see, you can't come to the Father unrighteous. You've got to be made righteous. But no man can come to the Father except through me, Christ said. Right? So do you realize right now you have everything? Are you born again? You have everything. Wow. What do you mean everything? I mean everything. I mean all that God has, you have. Wow. Hallelujah. It says here, verse 11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident well, so the evidence that proves 
that no man is justified in the sight of God by the law, this is evident. Why? For the just, those made righteous, shall live by faith. Faith is the only way. Faith is the only way. Look at this. And the law is not of faith. What is the law? It's of works. And our works are never enough. Now we sit here and go, yeah, pastor, I know that. I mean, this is faith family church. Yeah, so stop trying to do the works and focus on the works. Stop trying to live for God and let God live through you. Because that's a rest. Trying to be good enough. Trying to be good enough so that God will come and fix your mess never works. Right? Why? Because the focus is you. And when the focus of your life is you, that stinks. The Bible calls that death. Right? You guys okay? You know, if, if people are looking for a nice little flowery, you know, politically correct, very closely worded message that would never offend anybody, that's, you know, for the 15-minute duration that it's given, with wonderful internet stories and leadership quotes, this is not your church, right? And, 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 and it's just because it, there's no life in it, right? So we got to not make the focus us. The focus is Jesus, Amen. right? And when the focus is Jesus, then what's the second level of that focus? Others, right? You know, we'll have people come to Faith Family Church who believes in divine healing. And they'll come in with a virus going, drooling all over Mark, right? Sweating because they have a fever or whatever. And they'll tell people, well, no, I'm, this is the place I need to be because I'm in faith. Man, if you got cancer, yeah. But stop being so self-centered. If you have something that could be given to somebody else, stay home. Don't come give it to somebody, right? That's self-centeredness. That's a blind spot. That produces death in your life. We love you, but try to bring your baby into our nursery. No. No, 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 no. Because we love the other babies too much. Right? Now, if you need prayer, oh, we'll pray for you. Absolutely. Man, I, I, talk to Finise, the head of our cleaning ministry, about how effective those prayer cloths are. Right? We'll, we'll mail you a prayer cloth. We'll come lay hands on you. We'll do whatever. But just, just relax. I mean, live stream stinks compared to being here. But just because you live your life thinking of others. Can I say that? Oh, man. I've been told not to say that, that that would tick people off. Right? I'll just tell you what God tells me. Get over yourself. It worked for me. Now, I got to get over myself way too much still, but that's okay. I'm getting better at it. Can we go on? You guys doing okay? 
And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. So there's two things spoken in verses 10 through 12. The first thing spoken is trying to be right in the sight of God by what you do. The second thing spoken of is being right in the sight of God because of what Jesus did. Right? I come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Why do I come boldly? Father, I'm coming boldly to the throne of grace, but I'm not coming on my own merit. I'm coming based on what Jesus did. I'm coming as your worthy son, but my worthiness did not originate with me. I was made worthy by the redemptive work of Jesus. And I'm heir to everything, and I know you're not withholding anything from me because I'm in Christ. Right? So if I need mercy, I always get mercy. Always. Oh, God's mercy is so much greater than our disobedience. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Let's look at this one. I want you to see something as we go through Galatians here. It says in Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ hath, past tense, redeemed us from the curse of the law. If you are a child of God here tonight, you have been redeemed from the curse of the law. When, look at this, You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Why? Look at this. Being made a curse for us, Jesus became the curse for you and I. So we're redeemed from it. Wow. You mean I'm redeemed from the curse of poverty and lack, but pastor, gosh, you know, I know that tithing thing, you know, but I just, I just don't tithe. So am I cursed? Well, according to this scripture, no. How could you be? Because you've been redeemed from it. You know what the word redeem means? Once and for all, a ransom was paid. When was it paid? About A.D. 30, A.D. 32. Since we didn't get raptured this year, I'm kind of leaning more towards 32. I, I didn't, wasn't sure, but wow. So anyway, once and for all, a ransom was paid. What was the ransom? The very life of God. Leviticus says the life of the flesh is in the blood. I was redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. That means a, that payment was paid and I was once and for all, you too, was taken out of the delegated influence of the kingdom of darkness and I was once and for all placed into the kingdom of God's dear son where there is no poverty and lack. Well, pastor, okay, so then what are you saying? I'm not cursed, then why am I blessed? Well, now you're not going to be able to lay hold of the blessing because you're disobedient to the word. But if you do that your whole life and you struggle or whatever, the minute you step out of your body and are standing before the Lord, you're going to go, oh, wow. I had all, that, all those finances available. I just couldn't lay hold of them. They were all mine. Don't, don't waste your life not using what has been given to you, right? Use all the money that's been given to you, all the health, all the blessing you need to. God wants you to do it. Jesus paid his life for it. So Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. 
So we're redeemed from the entire curse of the law because of Jesus. Wow. Spirit, soul, and body. Why? Through his redemptive work, through his atonement. This covenant does not belong to the Jews. It belongs to the church. Okay? Verse 14. Why did God do that? That the blessing of Abraham... Now, I love this. This Greek word blessing means a liberal pool of resources that is meant to bring you into a full and overflowing supply, and it's meant to bless others. That the blessing, see, the blessing is literally an endowment of power from God that will produce good things in your life. The blessing is an endowment from God, and it will produce in this natural realm good things in all, all areas of your life. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, how? Through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. In other words, tonight, guys, why am I talking about this? Because you got to learn how to lay hold of all this stuff that's been given to you. You have no time right? We know we're living at the end of the church age. We know Jesus is coming very soon for us. Probably none of us are going to live out to be really old and age and then die and go home. We are the generation that's going to hear the trumpet. But I was 25 yesterday and now I'm 61 today. And I mean, these years are going like this. Man, I know I'm going to see Jesus real soon, right? My life is like a vapor, so, but as I'm speeding through life, I got no time to waste, right? I need, I need this, right? Look at this. We've been separated from the curse and separated to the blessing. So now I have to learn how to walk by faith so that I could lay hold of everything that God's given me by his grace. See, it doesn't happen automatically, do you realize Jesus paid for all your sins almost 2,000 years ago, but you could die and split hell wide open if you don't do something? What is that? Believe in your heart what he said and receive through faith what he gave you by his grace. Amen. Right? The gospel message is this. Jesus has ransomed us from the curse, the very curse so that God's blessing could come upon us through Christ. So verse 16, let's look at this now. Knowing that a man, jump down to, I'm sorry, go, go to chapter 2, verse 16. We're, you're in chapter 3, just turn left. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, I want to I go a little bit more into this. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, this, this word justified again means to declare, to be declared righteous. It means to render innocent. Do you know tonight you're innocent? Amen. You could say, well, I, I, I did it. It's been paid for. It's, it, it hasn't been covered. It's been erased. Never to be brought up again. If God is never going to bring up your past failures, don't you ever bring them up? Don't, don't govern your life by them, and don't be around others that will bring them up. Amen. Right? Amen. 
Use it as an opportunity. Yeah, listen, I was guilty, but then guess what? That's been paid for. And now I'm brand new. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything now is new, right? So this is powerful. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but how is he justified? By the faith of Jesus Christ. So let's take my faith out of the equation. Your faith is the faith of Jesus Christ because you're in him. Isn't that good news? Man, he has faith, doesn't he? Do you realize right now he's holding the whole universe in its place? If he just, if the earth moved just a little closer to the sun, guess what? No life. A little bit further away, ooh, you think it gets cold in the winter. No life. But he holds everything together by the word of his power. He's got faith. And you have been given a measure of his faith. Wow. I'm going to read this again. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be declared, right? Declared righteous, that we might be justified, that we might be rendered innocent by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So you became a Christian by being governed by your spirit. So now, don't be ruled by your flesh. The flesh, you have dominion over your flesh. You can't say, like that old TV show in the 70s, right? What was it? Sanford and Son. Remember? remember? The devil made me do it. No, the devil can't make you do it. Right? If you think the devil can make you do it, you can't get free. But when you realize that God has made you, he broke dominion off of you. Sin's dominion is not on you anymore. You can walk free. See, this is the way you looked. Your flesh and your spirit were one. And then when you said, Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for my sin. I believe your father raised you from the dead. And right now, Jesus, I not only proclaim that you are Lord of all, but you are my Lord. I invite you into my heart. Make me new. The Holy Spirit comes in and takes his spiritual scalpel, scalpel and he cuts away your flesh from your old dead spirit, and then he gets rid of the dead spirit. It's gone forever. Old things are passed away, and then he puts a brand new spirit in you, but it's not connected. It's like this now. And then he takes up residency in your spirit. And that is why sin cannot dominate you anymore. Amen. You are no longer under the curse. Wow. So important. Keep going. Verse 19. For I, through the law, am dead to the law. Why? That I might live unto God. Verse 20 Paul talking about himself, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, how do I live it? 
I live it by the faith, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by his faith. The just shall live and shall live by faith. Wow. See, bottom line, when your circumstances become larger to you than your God, because you're looking at them, God can't move you anymore. Your circumstances will move you. But oh, if you'll look at Jesus, if you'll keep his word in your heart and coming out of your mouth and will refuse to say anything else, and if you ever mess up and say something else, you stop yourself and say, wait a minute, Father, you said every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I, could, I can condemn the tongue. I condemn those words. They will die and not produce truth because, Father, I don't believe that. I believe I am healed. I believe I am blessed. I believe your word is true. If you'll do that, everything changes in your life. Right? When your God becomes larger than your circumstances, your circumstances can't move you. Verse 21, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If I could ever be made righteous by the law, then there was no reason for Jesus to come. But he had to come because we couldn't be, right? So here's the thing. In many circles, and again, we got to keep this before us, there seems to be a disconnect between the grace of God and living by the faith of God. There seems to kind of be a disconnect between the two, and we've got to fix that. See, faith is for the purpose of taking possession of the grace, what God's given you by his grace. This is why, you know, actually, I wasn't going to get into this, but go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. So this is kind of a commercial break that has everything to do with this sermon. Okay, so go to 2 Timothy. It's a work in progress here. 2 Timothy chapter 2. The Lord kind of just quickened something to me during worship. And uh, now he wants me to give this to you. It says here, in verse 15, it says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, Paul is writing this to a young pastor, but this has application to all of us today. Right? Because we're all, the Bible tells us we're all supposed to be able to teach. Now, you, not might, you might not stand in the office of a pastor or the office of a teacher, but you as a minister, you, you, you're a minister of the gospel. You're out there, Right? So you got to rightly divide the word of truth. Well, to rightly divide the word, it literally, that, that literally means that you, when you rightly divide the word, you'll know you're doing it because it will literally make a clear path for others to follow. If it's super complicated, that's not God. The best teachers are the ones that make it real simple right? But now, 
You know, I was thinking of Pastor Edwin this afternoon, right? I think about you a lot anyway, all the time, yeah, <laughs> right? But as I was thinking about him, because the Lord spoke something to me, he said, so to divide something, how many parts does it have to have? Well, it has to have more than one part. Because how can you divide something that's just one? Like, Pastor Edwin has a PhD, but he can't, if I just put one on a piece of paper and I go, okay, I want you to divide this. He'd look at it and go, divide it by what? So if I put the number 10 on a piece of paper... And I said, Edwin, Pastor Edwin, I'd want you to divide the number 10. He'd, he'd look at me and goes, well, but I'd need another number, right, to divide that. I'd need another number to divide the number. So to divide, like if the other number was two, then he'd go, oh yeah, five, that's easy. In order to rightly divide the word of God, you have to, what is the word? It's truth. You need truth to divide truth. So to rightly divide, to rightly divide the word, you've got to understand how the truth of the grace of God affects the truth of faith or how faith affects grace. Does that make sense? So this is why we teach the, the whole word of God as the, as the Lord leads us to. But a principle in biblical interpretation is the word of God will literally interpret the word. You can't have a word of God saying this and another word saying this. It doesn't work. Now, some people will think, well, no, but the Old Testament was different. No, 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 no. If it doesn't work Genesis to maps, sorry. But guess what? It works Genesis to maps, right? So you got to rightly divide it. And there seems to be a disconnect between grace and faith. So we need to make sure as we talk about walking by faith, what that means. Now, we've, you've heard me say this before, that we receive through faith everything that God has given us by his grace. There are two different truths in the word that completely fit into one thing. It's not the words of God, it's the word of God. The word of God is, is truth. But there's many, many truths in the word of God. Have you ever met somebody that just, just completely will take one scripture and go all the way with it? Right? Let's just take or one subject, one truth of prayer, and that's all they want to talk about is prayer, just prayer. Well, if they don't understand faith, they just understand some stuff about prayer, they're going to get off. It's going to not be rightly divided. Does that make sense? So this is why, like to understand these things, this is why we teach different things. We talk about confession. Because the whole doctrine of confession, if you don't understand that, how are you going to understand the truth of faith? Because they work together. Does that make sense? So I, I wanted to bring that out 
Let's look at what this says. It says, therefore, or actually, turn to Romans chapter 5. Let's just do this. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. So we're rightly dividing the word to teach you how to walk by faith. The first thing, did you notice how much we talked about righteousness in relation to faith? We were rightly dividing righteousness by talking about faith. We're rightly dividing faith as we talk about righteousness. When you talk about faith and grace, guess what? We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. See, it fits. So, Romans 5.1, Therefore, being... I think the closer Greek translation would be, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom? By whom who? Christ. Also, we have access by faith into this grace wherein, that word wherein means which causes us to stand. If you wanted to read this literally, we have access by faith into this grace which causes us to stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That's exactly what it's saying. We have to know these things. Faith is for the purpose of taking possession of the grace. So God wants you to walk by faith. The Holy Spirit will always lead you in faith never in sight, so forget the fleeces. You're a New Testament believer. I mean, I, when I hear this stuff, oh man, you know, I was, I, I'll talk to a pastor. You know, things are going on and this and that and all this stuff, and then, man, I was in this meeting at Rama, and, and just right, right when my wife and I were talking about kind of our frustrations and, and, and kind of how we don't really think we want to be here anymore. Man, somebody came up and we heard about another ministry opportunity and it was just, I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. You're starting to be led by natural circumstances. No, no, we're led. What is the lamp to your feet and the light to your path? The word of God. Well, who, who opens that word so you can see the lamp and the light? The Holy Spirit. So we're never led, right? I was walking, and the rain, I saw a rainbow, and then a dove came across it, and I just knew. Scary stuff. Right? Now, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that as long as you say, but this is how I know. I've got three scriptures that, that tell me that this is God's will. They're exploding in me. Right? Okay, let's keep going. So now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. We've been talking about faith. We have to walk by faith. Well, what is it? Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now, faith is. Faith is always now. Okay? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance. You could even say it this way, now faith gives substance to things hoped for. What is hope? 
See, this is hope is what Satan is going to try to steal from you. He doesn't stop when you get a little bit unhappy or discouraged. He likes discouragement. That's great. But he wants to move you from discouragement. I, I just really hate my circumstances right now. See, discouragement is, I hate my circumstances right now, but I still have a hope that in my future that could change. But he wants to move you from discouragement to despair. Despair is, I hate my circumstances, and when I look to my future, I see them never changing. Right? They're a very well-known actor who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. If I said his name, you'd all know it. And, you know, he, was, he, he came to the realization that he was really slipping. His wife told this story. He walked into, his wife told him something, he walked into a bedroom and then came out, and, she, and, and, and she's like, well, what about this? And he's like, what? Well, I just told you this, and he realized, wow, I don't even remember that. And then he started realizing all this stuff, and, and so he gets on the internet, and he's, talk, he's looking into Alzheimer's, and what happens to an individual, and how long he's had this, and now he's seeing that, gosh, where I am, I'm going right down this road, and, and pretty soon I'm going to be like a living dead person. I won't know anybody, I won't, and what did he do? This multi-million dollar, very well-known, famous actor, because of despair, see, guess what lives in the environment of despair? The spirit of suicide lives there. When a person looks to their future and sees no chance for it ever to change, what did he do? He went, he went in his garage, turned on his car, kept the garage door shut, and he went to sleep and died. Right? Despair. Satan wants, he wants to tell you, listen, let me show you 19 reasons why what you're facing now is not only never going to get better, but it's going to get worse. When you walk by faith, there's no such thing as despair. Guess what? There's no such thing as discouragement. Because when you believe that your God, which says that I'm the God that tells the end from the beginning, I, I tell you the end result while you're still standing here. And when he says to you, listen, I always cause you to triumph. I always give you the victory, right? If he says, I sent my word and healed you, and you will live long on this earth, and I will show you my salvation, then you know you're not going to die, right? There, that's why faith is so important. So many Christians are so overtaken and consumed by their circumstances, and you don't need to be. You could be under three million circumstances, but when you get your eyes on Jesus, you're in the middle of, of the worst financial situation in your life, and you're happy. Why? Because not outside, but in here, you know I'm coming out. God's moving. Oh, I might not feel it. I might not see it, but he's moving because he will do what he said he would do. And, and see, as I walk by faith in one area, it leads me to walk by faith in another area. If God would heal my marriage, God will heal this relationship. God will bring the money in. God will heal my body, right? That's the way we're supposed to be. We're, we should be going around just, listen, just when you walk in a restaurant, when you walk in someplace, they should look at you and go, what's different? We don't see people that happy around here. What are you smoking? Right? The glory. 
right? And it's not a smoke machine. Amen. I'm not against smoke machines. They're kind of cool with the lights and everything, but that, that's, that doesn't take the place of the glory of God. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The Bible definition of hope, you've heard me say this before. This Greek word means a joyous, confident expectation. It, it's not, I hope it happens. I hope I win the lottery. Which means, I may and I may not. I hope I get a promotion at work. It means I may or I may not. Bible hope's different. If God said it, I'm expecting it. Because he will bring it to pass. God says, have I not said, and will I not do it? Have I not spoken it, and will I not bring it to pass? I am the God that not only will not lie, I'm not a man that I should lie, I ordered the Son of Man that I should repent, change. If I said it, I'll do it. If I spoke it, I'll bring it to pass. And it's all because I love you, God says. Titus 1-2 even says, he is the God that cannot lie. Man, I wish he'd say there's going to be no winter this year. I mean, I think it's fair. We have the Atlantic Ocean. Those people can enjoy that. We got the Pacific Ocean. I think we need an ocean here. Just, it doesn't have to be very big. Just some nice waves and, right? Not the little sandbar you see by the river. Ugh. Right? The Amplified Version says it this way. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation. Now faith is the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see. See, faith and hope are not the same thing. Faith is now, hope is something that's going to happen in this natural realm in the future because God said it. Faith is for things not seen and things not yet. Faith is your evidence that you have what you cannot see. Your faith is the evidence. So how does faith come? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Because faith comes one way. It doesn't come through feelings or emotions. It has nothing to do with that. It says, Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing. Now the word by is the Greek word ek. It means out of. So it says, so then faith cometh out of hearing. So where does faith come out of? It comes out of hearing. Okay, well that's great. Well where does hearing come out of? And then it says this, and hearing by the word of God. Hearing by. This is a Greek, a different Greek word. It's, called, it's the word dia. It means through. Hearing comes through the word of God. In other words, you could walk outside and you could hear a car go by. But that's not Bible hearing. Bible hearing is one thing. You hear the very word of God spoken to you. You hear it on the inside. When the Holy Spirit opens it up, it's no longer that God's a healer. God sent his word. Tony, I sent my word and I healed you. I redeemed you from the curse of that sickness and disease. 
right? You hear it. Faith comes, how? Out of hearing, and hearing comes through the word of God. So if you want to walk by faith, you got to always be hearing the word. So you're going to have to shut off your TV with some of the stuff you're watching. When do you do that? When he tells you to. Is watching TV evil? Man, anything that God's not telling you to do is evil. Right? I mean, I've been watching a football game. But if the Lord, I don't care what it is. Now, it might be easier if I'm watching Nebraska play Michigan. <laughs> Tony, I don't want you to watch that. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm all in on that because they're going to get destroyed. Right? And Torian's like, that's good preaching. Yeah, Henry, you're the Michigan fans, right? That's all right. We're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there someday. I'm going to go watch the, I was watching the girls volleyball. Ooh, they rock, right? Maybe they could play football. I don't know, you know. Anyway, enough about that. Let's get back on track here, right? Hearing comes through the word of God. Faith doesn't come by memorizing scripture. I think I told the men this the other day. Faith comes by hearing the anointed utterance that comes out of the word. So to walk by faith, you've got to be hearing the word. Not, 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 just, not just hear, not, not, not with this. I'm talking about hearing. It's from the inside out. It's not from the outside in. The more of the word you get in you, you'll be able to discern when thoughts hit your mind. You'll know, is this coming from the outside or is this coming from the inside? That's, that's why we grow spiritually. Hallelujah. Faith comes, it comes out of hearing, and hearing comes through the word of God. Guys, you are righteous. You were justified through faith. You walk by faith, and you lay hold of everything that God's given you, literally through the faith of God that he's placed within you. And it comes to you by hearing his voice on the inside as a result of putting his word first place.